Hey y'all, it's Amber P from Golden Bloom Studios and you're listening to Just Keep Blooming, your new go-to podcast for all things small business and branding. All right, so today we're going to be discussing starting a new business and branding that new business. So it's the new year, it's 2023. I know there's a lot of people out there that are starting new businesses or thinking about starting them and I'm just here to help you walk through that process. So I have notes because I have a lot to cover. And these are going to help keep me on track and help me get through this as quickly as possible. I'm going to try not to ramble. I am a rambler, so just be aware. Um, all right. So before starting the business, there are several things that you want to brainstorm through. Starting with number one, what are you selling? Is it a product? Is it a service? What is it? You need to be able to define that. You need to be able to know exactly what you're selling, what you're giving the public, what you're giving the people. Um, before you just full blown launch this thing, of course, I don't, I shouldn't have to tell you that, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Next, you need to know what need are you fulfilling in the marketplace? And are you fulfilling a need? If the answer to either one of those questions is, I don't know, or no, then you might want to rethink starting this brand in the first place. No shade, but you know, trying to say that anyways. Next and lastly, you'll want to understand something at least about the industry that you're going into. You need to know how much revenue is being generated in this industry. Is it competitive? Who are your potential competitors? What are they doing? And how will you stand out from the crowd? Uh, I will say it's okay to go into an industry that is oversaturated, but you need to bring something new. Um, and a lot of that has to do with your branding and we're going to get into that a little bit more later, but yeah, so that's just to start. You want to be able to go through at least those three, three things before you really start delving into this process of actually starting this business. So once you're done with that, you're going to move on to picking a business name and there's a few rules. Yeah, it's a... There's a few rules that you want to follow, basically. I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's a couple different things that you want to keep in mind when you're doing this. So one is keep it short and sweet. One to maybe three words is your sweet spot. When you start getting up to four and five, you're pushing it. So try to keep it one to three. One would be the best, but I get it. Some names are a little bit longer. You need more, a little, little more detail than a name. So you need to push maybe two or three. I get it. Um, Make it memorable. That's another thing. Make it memorable. And that also goes along with the length. The longer it is, the less memorable it will be. So keep that in mind. Um, think of Nike, a Google, uh, Apple, um, uh, Hobby Lobby. That's just a few to name. That's a few that just come to the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, so you'll want to keep it memorable or make it memorable Next, try not to use commonly used words if possible. Uh, and this will help you with trademarking, which we'll discuss later. But a few exceptions to this rule, I would think, would be two of the, the brand names that I actually named earlier. Apple, which is common because Apple is an Apple. And then Hobby Lobby. Hobby and Lobby are two commonly used words. But, you know, there's an exception to every rule. But exceptions don't make the rule. We'll just say that. So unless you can come up with, like, something super innovative and clever and unique or something like that then yes they're clear of just like commonly used names because you don't want yours to sound like 
thousands of other businesses that are already out there. Uh, all right. And next and lastly, test it out, write it down, do a few mock-ups. Um, you don't necessarily have to have the logo to do the mock-up part. Just get like a picture of a storefront or a shoebox or something to do with whatever you're selling and just write the business name down on that thing. Uh, so you can kind of get a, a good look at what it'll actually look like in real life. Um, and run it by a few people that you trust. And I, the reason why I say a few people that you trust, because people do be stealing business ideas from people, you know what I'm talking about, but run it by mom, dad, auntie, uncle, cousin, best friend, boy, husband, <laughs> husband, wife, whoever, somebody that you trust basically, and let them hear it and get some feedback before you say, okay, this is the name that I want to go with. So that's it for that. Moving along to the online presence. So once you start or once you have your business name and you're like, okay, this is it. This is the one. I love this. Everybody loves it. That I talk to about it. Blah, blah, blah. You need to, to start your online presence or you need to, what's the word I'm looking for? Create. Start creating your online presence. There you go. So first and foremost, buy that URL name. That's the web address. Uh, and do that ASAP. So go to GoDaddy. That's the only one I use. I'm sure there are some others, but go on there and put in the search, whatever your business name is, .com with .com at the end. And then, you know, if it comes up and it's available, snag it up, snag it up, snag it up. Cause if you wait it's and somebody else gets it before you do, you're going to spend a, pre a pretty penny trying to get it back. Or you're going to have to come up with something that's a little bit less, um, something that you don't really want, but you're settling for because you can't afford the actual name because somebody else already took it. Um, so yeah, go ahead and snag that up up front. It might cost you like a dollar 99 for the first year, as opposed to like, if somebody else already has it, you can buy it off them, but it's going to cost you probably at least a rack. So yeah, go ahead and grab that up as soon as you can. I've had clients come to me and they don't have it yet. And I'm like, go do that. Just stop talking to me and go on do that. And then come back and then we can do everything else. So yeah, get that URL. Next, go through the different socials, uh, different social media companies, websites that you might want to use for your brand and figure out which ones work for your brand first before you just go snagging them all up and go on those websites, create the profile and get your username, get your brand's username. Um, not every social media website is going to work for every brand. So like I said, be mindful of that. Um, so if example, I'm a studio, so most of what I do, or if not everything that I do is visually based. So I gravitate towards visual socials. And right now I'm only using Instagram because I've been on Instagram since, I don't know, 2012 <laughs> it's been a minute it's been a minute but yeah so I use Instagram Twitter wouldn't work for me because it's words it's words based um it might work for this podcast so I might make a Twitter for this podcast but if you have a visual based brand gravitate towards the more visually based things so TikTok YouTube um Instagram Facebook yeah, just, just do what's best for you and your brand or pick the ones that are best for you and your brand. The point is to just grab the username. There you go. 
All right, so third-party sellers, I know a lot of people don't think about these until they actually start selling. But if you're going to sell on Etsy, eBay, Poshmark, um, Macari, anywhere else other than your website, go make the profile and get the username. You want everything to be consistent across all of the internet. So your at name on this website should be the same as the one on that website. That way people can find you everywhere easily. All right, next. The not so fun stuff, but the very necessary things. The legal considerations when starting a business. So first and foremost, we have business formation. That is your LLC, your corporation, your partnership, whatever you decide to go with. Um, I would, you can do a sole proprietorship, but I would highly recommend the LLC, even if it is just you and you don't have any partners or anything like that. And the reason I say that is because it's a legal shield. So if you, if your brand is ever sued for anything, whoever is suing the brand cannot dip into your, uh, your personal bank account, only your brands or your company's bank account. Hence the legal, the limited liability company. So, yeah, I would personally recommend that. You can do an S-Corp, um, and that's basically just having the, the business classified as like a corporation when it comes to taxes. So with an LLC, whatever revenue that your company makes is included on your personal income tax, as opposed to if it's an S-Corp, then it's the LLC will be taxed separately, similar to a corporation. So whichever filing status or formation type or whatever you end up going with will depend on the number of members and just what you want to do. Uh, it's usually a pretty quick process in the state of Texas. It's about $300. Other states are typically cheaper, like the state of Mississippi is $50. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty quick process. Usually, I think most of the states, if not all, are online. Texas is online. You can get your paperwork in like the matter of, what, a few minutes, maybe 20 minutes tops or something like that, and you're a legal entity. So yeah, once you get that, you want to go get your federal tax ID number, uh, your EIN. If I don't really know the website off the top of my head right now, but... If you just Google it, I'm pretty sure it'll be the first thing that comes up. It's a .gov website. You go on there Monday through Friday um, during typical business hours. They're listed on the website. And you put in the information that you just got from signing up for your LLC or filing your LLC with your state. And they'll crank you out an EIN number. You can print it out, keep it in your in your business files or whatever so you can use it later. And you'll need it for a few different things such as tax filings, um, any kind of state licenses, uh, what else, bank accounts, credit cards, all this stuff for your business, you will need this tax, this EIN number. And you'll also need it if you have employees because they're going to need it for their W-2s. Uh, next, state and local tax ID and licenses. This, just like everything else I've already described besides the federal stuff, um, it varies from state to state. In the state of Texas, I only have a sales tax ID. 
Um, but what you need will depend on the type of business that you have, whether or not you're a brick and mortar. And like I said, it varies from state to state. So you'll want to go on your comptroller's website. That's usually where your state comptroller's website. That's usually where this information is. And you'll want to look through everything that they have there and see exactly what you need for your business. Um, same with permits and licenses that are required by the state. So I know if you're like a brick and mortar and like you sell food or something like that, you need a food and beverage license. If you sell alcohol, you need an alcohol license. So yeah, <laughs> it varies based on the industry and the state. So like I said, do your research on that particular thing, but you're going to, that's information that you need. Uh, next, you're going to want to get a separate bank account. And this is to keep your personal money separate from your business money. And this will be, um, it will save you a lot of headache later, especially when you're doing taxes, because you'll be able to better um, keep track of expenditures and income specifically for your business if you keep those things separate. Um, so yeah. Next, important people to consider hiring if you can afford them. Number one is an accountant. An accountant will make the financials of your business so much easier to understand and keep track of. So if you can afford one, H&R Block, whatever. I don't have one. I do my own accounting. I was a finance, a finance major in school, so I understand accounting, at least on a basic level. Enough to do it for myself, basically is what I'm saying. But if you can afford one, get one. Another person to consider hiring is an attorney. An attorney is a very valuable member of your team. They, um, contracts, when it comes to contracts, uh, any kind of trademarks, enforcing copyrights and trademarks, um, anything that has to do with anything legal, different filings, that kind of stuff. A lawyer, an attorney would be, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Essential, essential and very, very helpful and resourceful and will save you a lot of time like researching stuff and answer a bunch of questions that you might already have and you can't find answers to online, like very specific questions about your business. So if you can afford these two people, definitely hire them. Uh, next to go along with the attorney trademark, trademark. All right. So about trademarks, most people tend to think that once you get your LLC, you own that business name. That is not true. I hate to tell you, but it's not true. Uh, anybody in any other state can file for an LLC with that exact same name and do business under that exact same name. Unless you have your brand name trademark. So basically what a trademark is, is it's saying that this name, this symbol, this, even in some case color, this color belongs to me and my brand and only we can use it. And if somebody else uses it, you have legal recourse. Um, the a trademark gives you legal recourse. So I think it's the USPTO.gov. I think that's the website that you go on, the United States Patent and Trademark Office uh, website. And that's where you're, you'll do the filing for that. Uh, I would say unless you really understand like legal stuff or you're good with filings or 
unless you're good with that kind of stuff, I would say hire an attorney. They are expensive. But like I said, if you're not going to keep up with this, if you know you and you know you're not going to keep up with this, this whole process, because it could take you over a year. Let's 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 be real. It could take you over a year because it's a lot of it's a lot of filings going out, especially since 2020, when everybody wants to start a company. There's a lot of filings going out. Um, so, yeah, let's just invest the money. If you know you're not going to stay on top of it, just go ahead and invest the money in an attorney. It's probably going to cost you fifteen hundred plus um, just for one class. And I'll get into what a class is in a second. But, yeah, hire an attorney if you can afford one, like I said. So there's two different types of filings. There's an intent to use and there's a regular standard filing. So the intent to use is basically you file for that before you even start selling under that brand name. Um, so this is like when maybe you have stuff in the works and you're not really, you haven't launched yet, but you want to go ahead and reserve the name and get the, the filing started. Um, you can do the intent to use. The regular filing, you'll file that after you have already started selling under the business name. So a regular filing is typically less expensive than the intent to use because the intent to use, you have to come back and file more paperwork later once you actually start using the name to do business. Um, and as far as the classes go, so the classes are basically like industries. I, I would say that's like the, the closest thing that I can kind of like tie to what a class is. So like, let's say you're a, uh, a body care brand or a fragrance brand or something like that. Yeah. Let's say you're a fragrance brand and you want to trademark your name. You need to probably, uh, depending on the products you sell. So like, let's say you sell candles, um, perfumes and what else is fragranced? Uh, that's the only two things I can think of right now. And for the sake of time, let's just say you sell candles and like body mist and like body butters and like that kind of stuff. Just different things that smell good. Um, those will be separate classes. Those will at least be two different classes. So there's two different types of filings under the standard and the intent to use. Um, or two different types of applications. My bad. There's a TEAS plus, which is a streamlined version um, and then there's the standard app and that's the more like customized version of the application. The standard is more expensive per class. It is three fifty per class and the TEAS plus is two fifty per class. So once you start adding classes, it starts to add, the cost starts to add up. And then if you add an attorney on top of that, the cost really starts to add up. So if you have multiple classes or you want to have trademarks, for like multiple parts of your brand. So a color and a uh, logo and the actual name. That's three different filings. You have to file under all those classes. It could get pretty expensive. And if you have an attorney, you can see it gets pretty expensive. If you can do it on your own, if you know you can do it on your own, like me, I would try to do it on my own. I'm probably going to do it on my own. I'm actually in the process of doing it on my own. Um, you do it, but you have to stay on top of it because it's a long process and there's some back and forth trademark office you also have to be ready if somebody challenges your trademark like Beyonce when she tried to um trademark Blue Ivy's name a few years ago and there was a florist company I believe that was already using the name and they were like yeah no and that was like a whole thing so you have to be ready for that because once it's published that you file for this uh that you filed for this trademark then people can contest it 
So you have to be ready for that kind of thing. So all in all, an attorney might be a better option. But yeah, I'm just here to give you all the news. <laughs> so now to the fun part or what I consider the fun part. Branding, my favorite. All right, so let's keep it short and sweet or as short and sweet as possible. But we're gonna start off by defining what a brand is. And since it's a kind of an abstract thing, I put together a definition based off of what I've learned about branding. And so a brand can be defined as the perception of a product, service, organization, or experience. So it has to do with feeling and perception and things that are subjective and can vary from person to person. Um, we're also going to define for the sake of this conversation what branding is. So branding is the process of creating a strong, positive perception of a company and its products or services in the minds of consumers using strategic design. So strategy and design go together when it comes to branding. That's, I hope you got that from that. Uh, so in this process, in the branding process, you'll first want to be able to define your business or your brand, not your business strategy, that's separate. You'll want to be able to define your brand strategy first and then move on to the de design phase because the designs will depend on the strategy. So for this conversation, we're going to break it out into two parts. We're going to talk about strategy first and then we're going to talk about design. So with strategy, first and foremost, you'll want to be able to define your brand's purpose slash mission. So why are you in business? And this has to do with more or should have to do with more than just selling a product or a service for money. Um, there in your mission statement, it'll be what's the larger idea behind your brand? So it has to do with what you're doing now. So like, let's say you are a um, home fragrance brand. And so your mission statement would might be something like uh, to provide a comfy, homely, welcoming and warm environment in the homes of our customers or something like that this is just off the top of the dome it could be something way better than that but it should really typically be like a sentence long um and it should define why you're in business what is your purpose for existing next you'll want to move on to your brand story so how did you come about how did your brand come about how did it come into existence um and you'll want to be able to make this into like a short kind of story that you'll be able to tell other people when asked um and also display on your website it has to be something well it has to be truthful for one and then two it has to be something that your customers or um consumers can relate to when they read it um if it's something simple that's also fine just yeah just be able to tell people whatever that is because the story behind the brand is part of what makes it so be able to define that as well. You want to be able to do that. Next, you need to be able to define your vision for the future or your brand's vision for the future. So your mission statement is what you're doing now. Your vision is what you see your brain doing in the future. So not like in terms of money or something like that. 
so back to the home fragrance company. Like, let's say the mission statement is what I said it was, providing a, a certain type of environment for your customers. And then maybe your vision statement is like um, increasing st- sustainability in the home fragrance market by using natural products and blah, 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 blah. So basically what you hope to do in the future. So it'll have a, your, your, the goals for your brand is basically what I'm trying to say. The goals for your brand will be based around whatever this vision statement, like your long-term goals will be based around this vision statement. And it should also be a, a sentence, one, just one sentence. You should be able to condense it into a sentence. Uh, next, define your niche. So a niche is a specific part of a larger market that you can control. Um, it can be based on a few different things. It could be based on a specific price point. So maybe your discount store or your discount brand. Um, a lifestyle, an age group, particular wants or needs from a product or service from consumers. Um, an example would be, let's say you sold clothes, you sold clothing, your clothing brand. Um, so let's say you also only sold women's clothes. So there's a niche. Uh, let's say you only sold pink women's clothes. So there's another niche. Um, and then let's say you only sold pink women's swimwear. So that's an even more, uh, that's an even more particular niche. Um, so yeah, that's a niche. Next, you want to be able to define your target audience. So are they male? Are they female? Both maybe. Um, are you serving both? Uh, an age range. Are they 18 through 34 or are they te- just teenagers or just kids? Um, the location, where are they located? Are they just in this state or that state? Or are they all over the country or all over the world? Um, what are their likes? What are their dislikes? Well, where else do they shop? Um, what is their lifestyle? Like you need to be able to answer all these questions about your target audience so you know how to find them. Um, and working with a brand specialist like me will really help you in this process because we'll help you really just, um, delve deep or dive deep into the process as opposed to just like surface answering the questions and just moving on to like the next thing will really help you like think through this process and turn it into a strategy and a plan to implement into your brand and help you reach your goals as you continue to grow and move forward in whatever it is that you're doing. Um, we're basically like counselors or like guides in this kind of thing and just can give you certain suggestions that might make whatever you've been thinking like just that much better. Um, I'm hoping I'm doing a good job of like describing exactly what we do, but yeah. You could do this on your own, but I feel like it's better if you get like a second opinion, especially if it's a professional opinion, because that person might know more about the different markets and industries and um, just have more, what's the word I'm looking experience, basically. And that's always helpful. So, yeah. All right. So on to the design phase. I'm sorry. My hair looks a little crazy now because I took off my headphones for a second. Um, all right, so design. Design has to do with how your brand looks and feels, and it should reflect 
and cater to your target audience and not your own personal design preferences. I will repeat that for those who might not have heard me the first time. It should appeal to your your brand design should appeal to your target audience, not your personal design preferences. Like it can appeal to your personal design preferences, but it is meant to appeal to your target audience. Um, And so parts of your design include colors, first and foremost, the color, color scheme. And there's a psychology behind this. You don't just pick colors that look great or colors that you personally like. You pick colors based on how they make people feel or how people relate to them. So blue is typically a common color. Red is typically like a color associated with anger or danger or even like love or being sexy. Um, Green, nature, money, Um, yellow, sun, happiness. You get where I'm going with this? So, yeah, you want to pick your colors. Those are part of your design. Uh, Logos. Logos, there are several different types of logos. There's your main logo. There's your secondary logo. There's brand marks and icons. And there's monograms. So what you need uh, depends on type of business, industry, that kind of thing. But at the very least, you should have a main logo and some sort of variation of it, which would be your secondary logo. Icons are also really important these days because everything is so short form. And so an icon can really just help your brand stand out. Um, it doesn't work for every industry or every type of brand. But if you if it does work for you, like if you're in tech or um, like some kind of sporting brand or something like that, it could work for you. Uh, typography. So typography styling is basically styling the fonts that you use, which should be consistent across all your branding. And just like color, um, typography also has an emotive uh, characteristic or uh, an emotive, what's the word I'm looking for? Words be leaving me, y'all. Um, it, it, uh, it gives people, the different fonts that are used gives people different feelings. So like, a modern font will come off as being like clean or minimalist or a more like cursive font or something like that could be seen as being like romantic or even in some cases playful. Um, the more traditional looking fonts can come off like luxury or more classical or traditional or something like that. So yeah, typography styling is very important. A lot of people don't think about that, but it needs to be consistent across your entire brand uh packaging so think labels boxes shipping materials etc packaging is very very important it's usually the first thing people see when they see your brand if they see it on a shelf in a store or they see it scrolling through social media is usually packaging is the first thing that they see and that's my specialty so if you're looking for some bomb packaging hire me uh next print design so think business cards flyers, stationery, print ads, anything that involves print, hang tags, whatever. That could also be packaging, but yeah. Um, Print design, also part of your whole brand design. You want to keep that consistent with the typography and then also can relate it back to your packaging. You basically just want all these things to tie in together. 
Um, next, web design, super duper important. I feel like I shouldn't need to say that. A bad website can make people not trust you and not want to buy from you, but a great website can make people trust you and really, really, really want to buy from you. Um, think of it as the modern day storefront. If you went into a store that looked like trash, that had all different types of colors on the wall, or maybe it was in a bad location, or it just looked old and dusty or whatever it might be, you probably walk right out. Same with a website. So invest that money into a great website. It could be a template. Um, it doesn't have to be super duper custom from the start, but make sure it looks presentable and it looks professional. Um, next, your social media posts and story templates. Um, you can do Canva. You can do like the, the kind of... Um, available to the public templates Etsy once you buy off of there but you'll really eventually want to be able to invest in um, customized ones because everything needs to be custom to your brand and custom social media posting templates that people can only see from you and your brand will stand out a lot more than a template that somebody got off of Canva that this brand is using that brand is using all they did was change the colors and maybe some of the fonts so, yeah. Uh, next, brand copy, which includes your brand voice. Brand copy is any wording anywhere that goes out from your brand out into the public. And that also ties into your brand voice, which is like your brand's personality and how your brand speaks to people. Um, so think like a hair care company, a natural hair care company. They might say stuff like, hey, girlfriend. And um, I don't know, use words that are specific to like the natural hair community or something like that or you have like different clothing companies that might say stuff like hey babe or they might use like super relatable type of words and slang and that kind of stuff all of that is part of your brand voice and it depends on how you want people to view your brand so if you want people to view your brand as like humorous or relatable you might use a lot of jokes when you're speaking in maybe like your social media captions or your ads or something like that so that's that. And then last but definitely not least, product photography and videography. So I do product photography and product photography is very important. I would say probably second or third to packaging because everything's on the internet. A lot of things are visual based these days. So having professional photography and videography is very, 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 very important. Um, it's all part of the first impression that you make on customers and you only get one shot to make a good first impression. So invest in professional product photography. Like, yes, you can do it yourself, but a professional will know more about like styling and using the use of certain props and like how to put the product to make it look more prominent in the photo or in the video or what different lighting techniques to use and that type of thing. So hire somebody, me, um, to do your product photography. I'll also be getting into videography in the future. I only do animated video right now, but I'm hoping to get into videography for like TikTok and Instagram reels and that kind of thing in the near future. So stay posted and stay tuned on that. And just to wrap this design part up, um, working with a brand designer can definitely help you if you don't have the skills to do these things yourself. It'll also help you stay consistent with your strategy and not designed to your taste and for yourself and to do it for your target audience or your customer. Um, 
Also, certain design choices, professionals such as myself, will be uh, better equipped to make um, based on who you want to serve as your target customer. So, yeah, the expertise and the professionalism and all this stuff with the brand designer will definitely be helpful um, in doing this. And also, it's one less thing that you yourself have to worry about and do if you just hire somebody else to do it. So, get it done. Uh, by professional and you'll save yourself a lot of time a lot of effort and a rebrand and the cost of a rebrand later so to conclude this entire thing a solid brand strategy pair with the right design are key when starting a new business rebranding or launching a new product or product line making the right choices early on can mean the difference between success and failure i know this because child my first brand was a huge success and i believe it was very much because of the branding. But yeah, we'll get into that one day. Um, in today's ever-growing marketplace, you absolutely cannot afford to gamble on your branding. Get it done right and get it done right the first time. It'll save you in the end. Trust and believe. Uh, so yeah, so that wraps up this episode. Episode one. Um, episode two will be coming in another two weeks. We're going to talk about finding your niche, which will be exciting <laughs> and very helpful to people who are trying to find their niche. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, that wraps this up. So thanks for joining me for episode one. Um, I have to work on my sign out, but yeah. All right. See you guys next time. Bye.